What's up, football-loving maniacs? Time for another edition of Three Honest Lads. Got another little spicy guest in the house. He's been in the East. He's been in the West. He's worn the famous Rowdy's hoops. He's got a star above the chest. My man has moved to the West Coast. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise I wasn't going to curse. F*** it. Jack Blake, how we doing, buddy? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Happy to be here, mate. Dude, my man, I, I can't. The hair, bro. Like, is that, is that What's going different, on? Isn't it? I honestly don't know, mate. I'm just going with the flow right now. I don't really know where it's going. You know you're out on the training ground. You got the sleeves up. You got the the, 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 the four SPF, you know, the little tan lotion. <laughs> all the boys going. Got to get this, you know, you make sure the tats, you got to apply a little bit overprotective on the SPF on the tats and the legs. Yeah, yeah. Get the glow going. You know, football loving maniacs, I don't know if you know this, but this man right here, father of two. One of my favorite moments that I've ever experienced in broadcasting, and I cleared this with that guy right there before we came on that I wanted to share, was with Jack Blake. And outside of knowing him and being a great player, nobody cares about that. Just kidding. <laughs> He's a really good person. And, and one of the most fond memories I have was at the completion of the 3-1 victory over Louisville City in the 2019 USL Championship Final. Leo, his firstborn, his son, was down on the field. And started running towards him. And I was like, man, I'm not a father yet. I'm going to be one day. If I was a dad, I would want to share this memory. So I whip my camera out. I start snapping photos, grabbing videos. And I just watch you drop down. And he dropped right into your arms. How was that, man? Mate, that was honestly, I said to you before we start, I think that was probably one of my favorite favorite ever moments as in my career. Because if, if, you know, if I'm in Leo's shoes there and witnessing you know his dad and the championship and everything like that and then you know to have him there and see that was so special and honestly mate props to you for getting the camera out because no one else was there you you were the only one that saw it so yeah that was a real it was a, a real intense cool moment and i'm i am so glad you got it on camera everybody else was smart they ran to the uh they ran to the bar in the pub afterwards <laughs> yeah i ran there after i think <laughs> yeah we all ended up there the white castle someone said <laughs> yeah. i don't know I was still um, churning in my stomach, that White Castle, I think. <laughs> so the player that will rename Nameless, maybe he may or may not have been in goal. He may or may not be named David Ochoa. He may or may not have pissed off Minnesota United recently. We've got him coming on to talk about the story of how many White Castle he put down. <laughs> that was fun. Good memories. Well, Good memories. So dude, that was... I did the math. 17 months, 10 days. Actually, in a couple hours, it'll be 10 days. Mm. The world is a little bit different since the last time you and I saw each other in person. Yeah, yeah. Walk me through, whistle blows, you win 3-1, you become the USL championship final winner. It's still weird the way that they phrase that, but whatever. Um, you get a star above the crest. 2020, a little bit different. There's not as much involvement for the Monarchs with Real Salt Lake. They move into groups. The team's different, a lot younger. Um, walk me through the end of the 19 final, through to the 20 season, right up until we end up making the decision to come to San Diego. What was that like? So uh, when you say 17 months ago, I mean, on one hand, it feels like yesterday. On the other hand, it feels like 17 years. Decade, for um, sure. I think, I mean, last year on so many levels was was almost a you know complete delete, cancel year. Um, after the final, you know, complete elation, just I probably took a month, two months just just enjoying you know the time that we had left with the teammates because as you know teammates turn over every year you, you'd get small precious moments to spend with people and and we just enjoy the time after the, the final and then um had a few opportunities at the time um 
to go elsewhere, but I made the decision to to stay at the Monarchs and, and really push and pursue to try and get an MLS contract. So that was my thought process behind that. And then 2020 happened. Uh, like you said, it was very difficult to integrate. You know, we would, as a, as a club at RSL, you'd rely on the, the players that weren't getting in the first team squad to, to help out with the Monarchs. So when the COVID happened and you couldn't have, you know, people dipping in both markets, then that made it very difficult on the field. Um, and it was a year really to, it was kind of complete contrast from the year before. Um, and it was a year where I learned a lot as a person on and off the field. Um, and yeah, when the opportunity came to come to San Diego, it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't pass up. You know, it was um, a great opportunity to have someone like Landon and the coaching staff here. So interested in bringing me on board and part of their vision, it was um, an opportunity that I'm so grateful I took and, and very thankful that it happened. We're going to get to your social media channels at the end of this, but um, I follow all of your outlets and, and I noticed that in that, that I don't want to call it, it's your secondary off season, right? So we start up play, we come back, the pandemic hits, we all have to go into quarantining. Um, you were doing a bunch of stuff with the drone and everything on your training facilities, shooting some really cool, fun things. I'm curious from an individual isolated training perspective, we don't really get that that much anymore. Right. Did you learn anything more about yourself from a skill set mentally? How did you grow there in that time off? I think uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I think um, I think I, I I honestly just did what I always do. I, I, I just worked hard. Um, I <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the training ground. Honestly, um, I wasn't al- allowed to be there a lot of the time. You know, we were told not to be at the facility and and the only access to grass I had was, was on the training field. So every morning, you know, first thing in the morning, I'd wake up, do a run and clear my head a little bit. And I think I was probably the only player that did that. Um, which to me showed again, um, kind of to myself, but just a a quote from Muhammad Ali, actually one that comes to mind was people, people don't see the work that goes on, you know, behind, behind the scenes and, uh, you know, a lot of people just see under the lights on a match day and not the work that goes into it. So I think just me was just being myself. I didn't necessarily learn too much about myself, but um, continuing to just put in hard work. And we didn't know at the time whether or not the season was going to happen, whether it was going to happen in two weeks, in two months. So for me, it was just doing what I love to do, training, playing football, um, working on my game individually. And a lot of the time it was um, people would probably look at me from a distance and think, wow, this guy's crazy. But um, I do think I improved as a, as a player and, and everything during that pandemic. I, I just used every opportunity to try and improve. And yeah, that's what, that's what I did. How much new ink did we acquire during the pandemic? <laughs> Actually, none during the pandemic. I'm very loyal to my, I'm loyal to my tattoo guy. He's back in England. So I always get it done back in, back in, in December when we go home. So yeah, oh. I don't, didn't want to cheat on my tattoo guy. Good for you. <laughs> All right. So, so there you have it. What it's been like in the journey since then. Now we arrive in San Diego. I always say to fans that people get so excited in the offseason, rightfully so, about players coming in, you know, the transfer market, the movement, whether it's within USL, MLS, you know, of course, offseason and the, or excuse me, overseas and teams that we support there. There's so much work that goes behind on behind the scenes, the courtship 
Um, I had this conversation with Landon Donham earlier today. We interviewed him, for, interviewed him, excuse me, for our new Sirius XM show, Channel 157. Self plug. You're welcome. Every Tuesday, 7 p.m. And 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 I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I heard a little rumor that there was an opportunity that Jack might be coming to you guys in 2020. He said, yeah, you know, we talked to his agent. Um, felt that it was he felt that it was best for him. You talked about it to stay in. Um, Utah for the time being. You already referenced that. My question to you is though, at what point in time did they start to circle back around? And when did you get a good idea of what this project was going to look like so that you could say San Diego is the right place for me? So uh, yeah, so in the off season after the championship um, winning season, uh, Landon was at the final. So I got to meet him in person actually uh, the after party, which was, which was cool. Um, so we only briefly spoke then and then he'd reached out to my agent. And like I said, the the reason I just decided to stay at the Monarchs was no other reason than to try and push for something that I felt like I, I had um, worked hard for and I felt like an opportunity was close. And um, I think the decision to to look elsewhere came later on in the season once the, once the pandemic and had happened, we got back playing and the direction that RSL was going was slightly different. And um, they, there was a, you know, what happened with the ownership. It was a lot of stuff going on in the front office. People was coming in, coming out, a lot of moving, moving parts. And I guess it wasn't really a stable club at the time. So um, that's when Landon reached back out. And the most important thing for me was, was being at a place that I feel like I really was wanted. Um, honestly, I felt at the Monarchs that I was, um, you know, obviously we had a, we had a great team, some great players. Um, we were we were a real brotherhood, really, and we won the championship through a lot of adversity, um, a lot of people that didn't back us, and it came a lot from the players. You know, we really we really stuck together through that period of time. At one point, we were like 14th in the, in, in the table and stuff. So um, I, I felt like I was let down, honestly, by by RSL. Um, and you know, I'm, I don't have any problem in sharing that. I'm quite open about that. So um, when an opportunity comes about where you are really wanted and people want you there, then then that immediately turned my head. Um, I always want to be at a place where I'm I'm happy, where my family's happy, um, and also somewhere that I'm going to be able to take my game to the next level. And being with Landon, with Nate Miller, the coaches that are there. Um, I, I know 100% that this year I'm going to improve as a player, which is all I try to do every year. So Love that. Love it and respect it. Um, almost done, buddy. We'll get you out again. Jack Blake, wonder boy from San Diego. Loyal, loyal to anybody that gets the opportunity to meet him, by the way. Great person outside of being a fantastic footballer. So, Jack, we've gone through what it's like been in the offseason. You're now arriving in San Diego. Big game on Friday, by the way. I don't know if you yeah. knew that. Yeah. Is there a game uh, on Friday? I don't there know. There is a game. ESPN 2, 10 o'clock, past my bedtime, Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to run through the time zones, but we all know that I suck at math, so do the math on your own. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something before we get into the preview, and I do it in my ESPN voice. What if I told you? Did you know <laughs> that you're undefeated in all the games that you've played against Phoenix Rising? Uh, yeah, didn't know three, that. Yeah. Three and oh, the one drubbing in 2018. You guys beat them twice in 19 at, at Phoenix rising. Mind you new field though, wild horde pass. So you gotta, you gotta set a new precedent. What's yeah. this game like? Um, turmoil would probably be, to be honest, a frustrating, but poor way to put it given what went on last year. Um, some rough things between those two clubs, but at the end of the year, I mean, San Diego was fire. They, they ripped them to pieces and, 
outside of the game when they walked off the field respectfully. I, I, I totally respect what Landon Donovan did for that organization, what the players did. People forget that they were winning that game as well, and it wasn't even close. They were playing Phoenix off the field. Walk me through this matchup, Jack. Tell us preparation, what it's been like. Tell the fans what it's been like to prepare for a game that is not going to be an easy one, and it's going to be a heated battle from start to finish. I think uh, when we found out that, that Phoenix was the first game, it kind of notched the intensity of the preseason upper level even more than what it was. You know, everyone's been raring to go for so long and it's been such a long off season and everyone's just been ready to get back to normality and regular season and just play a normal season. So um, when we found out it was Phoenix, there's obviously a a lot of history between the two clubs um, after last season. But I think just moving forward, both organizations, but especially I can only speak for, for San Diego that, we want to just concentrate on on winning and, and and playing football. That's that's all that matters. And and going into this game, and um, I, I think that we're just really excited to to get out there. And I know that that the lads are raring to go. The coaching staff are raring to go, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a hell of a game. Is it possible for? I know the answer to this. I know you know the answer to this, but we're gonna let the fans hear it anyway. Is it possible for the emotion to become too much and override your performance? No. <laughs> Simple answer, no. Um, I actually, yeah, I, I was talking with my wife the other night about about this actually, and just these kind of games are what I live for. You know, that they're, they're the the games in your career that these big games and these big occasions. You know, I know that Friday the the stadium's going to be bouncing like that. The the atmosphere is going to be completely against us, but I mean, I'm English, man. I love I love crowd. I love people shouting in my mouth. Love that. So, so I, I'm buzzing for it, man. I can't wait. Oh, I love it. I'm English. I love people shouting at me. Yeah, I get it. I'm American, and I love when people yell at me. It's great. Jack, as always, man, um, I would say a friend of the program, but that's not true. You're an honorary lad. We always appreciate the time that you give us. I'm going to try and see if I can remember this, so bear with me. I know YouTube, it's simple. Jack Blake, Google the name, you'll find it. Wondrous videos, awesome stuff for kids, for professionals. Um, some really good content put out. I think you're close to like 50,000 subscribers. Um, let's move into Instagram is at Jack Blake underscore 94. Underscore 94, yeah. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Can you get Twitter? Can you get Twitter? Twitter's the easy one. Twitter is Jack Blake 94 at Jack Blake 94. Yes. That one I know. Yes, uh, follow him, subscribe, check out all his content. Great person, great videos, everything that's going on. My man, thank you so much for your time, dude. Best of luck this weekend. Go get a result, yeah? Thanks, Devin. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers, brother. 